Hey everyone, welcome to Minimally Millennial. I'm Shelby. And I'm JP. This is a podcast for young millennials who are navigating their way through adulthood for the first time. If you're like us and have days where you ask yourself, how did I get here? And what am I supposed to do next? Then you're in the right place. So follow us along as we uncover the things they didn't teach us in school, including everything from how to write a check to how to be a boss babe. Together, we will unlock the secrets of adulting and try to answer the question, why did nobody tell me this shit? Let's get started. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Minimally Millennial. So sadly, JP and I are back on Zoom this week because JP finally was able to catch her flight and go home. (laughs) Yeah, for those who are following along on that, do not fly Frontier. (laughs) They are not not a sponsor here. Not a sponsor. I did (laughs) tell JP she would absolutely be fine, and she was not, in fact, absolutely fine. But it gave me an extra day with you in Atlanta. So I know it was good. It's not the worst case scenario. I miss you anyways, though. Miss you. (laughs) So today we are going to be talking about boundaries. But before we get into that, instead of doing our meaningful millennial, we're going to shout out the mom since it's Mother's Day. So JP, you're first. Yes. So Mama Pidge is what what we call my mama. Mama Pidge is my greatest role model. And I couldn't be more impressed with everything she's accomplished. She not only is an extremely successful physical therapist and business owner, but she has been an incredible mother to all four of us children. And when my mom was my age, she was already raising three kids, I think. Um, So here I am just being the best dog mom I can be. So shout out to my superhero. I love you. Happy Mother's Day. Oh, I'm gonna cry. <laughs> it's also funny because as JP's friends, we also call her Mama Pidge. So I didn't know you inherited <laughs> that name. Um, oh, you didn't hear know that? I called my mom Mama Pidge. Oh nope. wow. first time for everything. <laughs> that's so what I know. in my phone. Oh, wait, that's cute. I'm about to put you in my phone like that. <laughs> um, but I know we got to spin last week's episode talking about my mom. So just another shout out to her. She uh, was an incredible lady, both mother, friend. Um, daughter and a badass businesswoman. So shout out to my mom and also want to shout out all those motherly figures out there, whether, you know, you are wanting to be a mom expecting, or, you know, you're like me and don't have your mom around as much, but you have a lot of wonderful women in your life that have stepped up to the plate to help fill that female um, role model, if you will. I know a lot of people in my life stepped up in that way and I couldn't be more thankful for them. And so shout out to everyone, not only the moms, but all the female role models that you have in your life. So yeah. I mean, it takes a village. 100%. Damn right. A whole village. Yeah. A whole village. <laughs> Me and my friends were the other night, we were talking about what it would be like when we all start raising children and how hard it's going to be. And we like think about how people, how moms did it without maybe having any help in the house, like just themselves. It's incredible. My um, sister-in-law raises three kids in the house while she's a stay-at-home mom and I watch her and I'm like, you amaze me. <laughs> yeah. It's literally a second job. That's why you guys are going to have Auntie Shelby to help you to if teach you move, the kids move, all the fun stuff. Move closer. Have a bigger city. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. All right. Shout out to our moms. Happy yeah. So Mother's shout out Day. to all the moms. Happy Mother's Day. Um, so you want to get into today's episode? Absolutely. I'm excited about this topic. I am too. I think this is something that you know, it still takes a long time for me to even wrap my brain around the concept of it. And it's been a work in progress for the past few years. But before we 
you know, jump in to talk. Like I said, today's episode is about boundaries. So JP, what are boundaries? Yeah. So I got a lot of my information from www.choosingtherapy.com, which is a website where you can find more about mental health disorders and uh, therapists online. So definitely check them out. But just to give a little blurb on what boundaries are. So boundaries outline the primary foundation for how you want other people to treat you. They ensure a sense of mutual respect and limit the likelihood of people manipulating or taking advantage of you. Boundaries also honor your own need for self-care and personal integrity. We all have limits in our relationships and ignoring those limits can lead to feelings of resentment. So people with healthy boundaries tend to have a high awareness of their needs. They also value their identity and they don't compromise themselves for other people. I love that sentence. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to read it again just because it's so powerful. People with healthy boundaries tend to have a high awareness of their needs. They also value their identity and they don't compromise themselves for other people. Mm, Gold. Jeff's kiss. (laughs) Although it's an important skill, many people don't actually know how to set boundaries. It isn't exactly taught in school. Exactly what this podcast is all about. Why did nobody tell me this shit? So, Mm -hmm. and parents who struggle with boundaries may not know how to teach them to their children. But with all that being said, no matter what your circumstances are, what your life situation, you can learn how to identify and implement healthy boundaries. And that's what we're here to talk about today. I love that you say that because I think the other thing is I started learning and doing my own journey with like trying to set boundaries because for a really long time, I never had any with family, with friends, with myself. Um, I was very, very loose. And like I said, dare say, didn't have any for a long time, especially through my like teenage and young adulthood years. But I think it's also important, something when I was reading and doing for this episode was talking about how you can also still have a scale of like really rigid and looser boundaries, depending on what your boundaries with yourself are and your relationship with the other people. Um, Because I think they're, I wouldn't say rigid in the point of, or loose in the point of like having no boundaries, but knowing that it's okay to be flexible depending on how you feel in a situation. Yes. So I had this uh, metaphor saved to use at some point during the episode, but uh, I really liked this when I was learning how to set boundaries myself. Someone gave me the example of boundaries are like a front door to a house and that front door can either be wide open for an individual to just come in and out as they please. You can lock the door and that person has to knock on the door to get your permission to come in. Um, or they have to ring the doorbell or you cannot answer that door at all. And like having that, like it's your house and like get to decide how that front door is opened or closed and who gets to use it is like a really good a metaphor for setting boundaries. Cause it doesn't have to be the same for every single person. Wait, I love that. That is like perfect. Cause even when I was originally talking about like the rigid and loose boundaries, one of the things I was reading was talking about, you know, if you have more rigid, rigid boundaries, it might look like keeping others at a distance, seeming detached, even with like intimate partners, like having a few really close friends, like avoiding close relationships. And like, that's not necessarily rigid in a positive way. That seems like it's just like keeping people out with that, like locked, bolted, bolted, you know, iron door shut to everyone. Um, Whereas if your boundaries are too loose and that door's wide open all the time, you know, you don't have any, any protection for your own house. Right you can get like too involved or like have issues saying no to things, even if you really don't want to. So right. I think it's good to know that that door can either be like, there's two extremes and there's somewhere in the middle. That's a healthy boundary for you of like, do you want like a screen door and then a regular door with just mm. a bolt? <laughs> yeah. Cause the iron door doesn't help anybody, but not having any door is not helpful either. And your front door is going to be different from my front door. Cause we have different thresholds. 
Yes. Yeah. My front door would be really pretty. I really want a brightly colored door. This is separate. <laughs> I like one like a big red door for some reason. I don't own a house. I just like want a really big door. We can make that happen. Yeah. Where, where you got any open in your neighborhood? Yeah. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> um, uh, JB, what did learning to set boundaries look like for you when you started? Like, yeah. What do you think that looked like to you? Uh, what specifically helped me understand the word boundaries was uh, I, I really emphasize it as protecting my inner peace. So that goes along with that front door example, like what is inside and how I'm going to protect that. And it's up to me to decide what it comes in and what comes out. Um, and that another thing that I like to, how I like to describe boundaries is I call it rewrite, rewrite, whoa, rewriting my worldly expectations to understand that nothing is about me. Mm. So outside of, if we're going to continue with that, that front door metaphor, like until I open that door, everything out there has nothing to do with me, how people behave, how they react. Like you really have to remind yourself that you have control. You have more control of what's happening to you than you realize. And if you are the one opening that door and allowing the boundaries to honestly not be set, then you are not protecting your inner peace. You're allowing yourself to constantly be challenged and fatigued. Um, And so really when I rewrit my expectations of the world and understanding that nothing was about me, it allowed me to look at things from a bigger picture. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I really like that you say that because we even had this conversation on the phone earlier this week um, because I've you know, seen JP in instances say like, okay, well, you know, they may feel that way, but it doesn't have anything to do with me. So I'm not going to let it affect me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, I think still one of the hardest boundaries I ever had putting in place is I let everyone else's feelings and emotions and what they were feeling wash over me like a wave. And I just like took it in because there were people I cared about and empathized with, but I had no way to block it out. So when I felt overwhelmed, I just had to feel overwhelmed at that. I didn't have to obviously, but <laughs> at the time I felt like I just had to let it pass because I was going to quote unquote, be there for everybody and feel everything they're feeling, but that's not, that's exhausting mm-hmm. and draining. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen, I can't remember <laughs> which episode or scene it is from new girl, but it's Jess and Schmidt talking in the car and uh, you watch new girl, right? Yeah, I do. I'm trying to remember this scene. I've watched it like eight times, but now I can't remember. What this- and I don't remember what they're talking about, but Schmidt responds to Jess and goes, what do you do? Just go around thinking about people's feelings all day? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and she goes, yeah. And he goes, that's exhausting. How do you get anything done? And she's like, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> that was exactly. me. That was literally yes. me. <laughs> exactly. I love that scene. Well, I think that's like the best part is like when someone first explained this concept of boundaries to me, because it's not something we talked about like growing up. We weren't taught it in school. It's just like, I think our generation is the first generation that's really trying to now, granted, again, in some ways, our generation has a flexibility to think about it in this way where, like I said, obviously it's different for everyone else, but I, I think there is some benefit to, you know, knowing, well, we got a lot of crisis going on, so maybe I won't even jump into that, but I think we have, we have an advantage of being able to, as a generation, have boundaries where I don't think in the past it, they were set, talked about, or expected. I even think that way with going into like physical boundaries, I'm not like a very touchy-feely person until I'm like really close with you. Um, 
but I love a handshake to meet someone and not everybody's like that. And it's so awkward, especially in a business setting, people go in for a hug. And I'm like, I'm just like a handshake kind of gal. <laughs> like putting them out there is so, I don't know where I was going on my rant. I was thinking about. <laughs> I don't know where you're going with this either. Physical boundaries. Yeah. Well, <laughs> talk a little bit more about how you imp- implement these boundaries into your life. I think that's a good example where you were going. Oh, about how, I guess how they st- how they started. I, I guess I started that train of thought saying I didn't really know that they were existed. And if I did them, they were so minuscule that I'd be like, oh, no, that was just my one scenario that I did it in. But you're right. I think the first thing I noticed when I was starting to set boundaries was physical boundaries, because as I got older, I realized I wasn't a very touchy feely person with someone I meet from the get go. Um, or as a lot of people will say like, hi, nice to meet you. And like go in for a hug. And I really hate it. <laughs> I'm like, even if I meet you in a friend setting, I love a handshake. Obviously COVID has changed that. And now it's having to rewrite the physical boundaries. But um, that was kind of the first boundary I realized when it came to like, oh, I'm, I'm a handshake person. I'm not a hugger. That was like the first boundary. I think I ever clearly remember setting and just knowing, learning that about myself being like, I don't have to hug everybody I meet if I don't want to. <laughs> Well, especially now with the pandemic. Also, did you see the TikTok I sent you about best friends hugging goodbye? No, I haven't watched it yet. Oh, I, sent you, to- I, I sent you so many. But anyway, so it's like, because it was right after I left the airport and it was like these two best friends side hugging each other as they were leaving the airport because their physical touch is neither of their love, love languages <laughs> and they don't know how to say goodbye to each other. And I said, this. Me and JP, this is a side <laughs> note story, but I always laugh because especially when I'm like sharing a bed with like a friend or something, I really hate being touched. And Same. all my friends give me a hard time for the most part because I'll put up like a pillow, a pillow fort in the middle and I still usually hate it. But JP, I woke up the next morning, JP, I was like, that was the best I've ever slept with another person in the bed because neither <laughs> one of us wanted to be touched. And so I feel like we slept on the actual edges of the bed and I was like, I got so much good sleep. It was great. It was great. But I think we keep talking about all these different types of boundaries. So I was going to go into the five big boundaries and kind of explain them a little bit and give like a brief example of what it looks like. Yeah. Love it. So this is straight out of the mouth of Beth, my therapist, wonderful girl, great, <laughs> great lady. Um, but it's talking about the five boundaries you need. And this is a conversation that her and I had from the get-go that again, I wasn't really sure what it meant, what it looked like. And so I'm a big examples and metaphors type person. So I love the door example still. Five boundaries you need include emotional, material, time and energy, mental and physical. So emotional are boundaries around inappropriate topics, emotional dumping and dismissing any emotions. An example of setting this boundary would look something like this isn't a topic I'm willing to discuss. Mm. And, you know, there's obviously different levels of how you can say that depending on the scenario, but that's just an example. Material would be boundaries around possessions, when they can be used and how they are treated. So the example here would be like, my car cannot be used on weekends. To me, my first thing I thought about was like, hey, maybe you can't borrow that top today. I might wear it. Something as simple as that. Time and energy is boundaries around time, lateness, when to contact, favors, and free labor. So an example would be, if you're going to be late, please text me and let me know. This is one that I personally really struggle with because I'm a naturally late person. So it's (laughs) one I'm working on for other people's sake. Mental would be freedom to have your own thoughts, beliefs, values, and opinions. And I think that's really strong because, you know, at least for me personally, I spent a long time scared to share my own opinions in fear that they would be overwhelming for someone else until I realized it doesn't matter if it's overwhelming for them, it's my own opinion. So an example would be, I respect that you disagree with my opinion, but don't force, don't force yours onto me. Mm. Um, and then last is physical, which is proximity, touch, PDA, unwanted comments regarding appearance or sexuality. 
So another one would be like, I don't find comments like that funny. I immediately think of men cat calling women on the streets. Mm-hmm. It's like my first example. But so those are the general five boundaries. Um, JP, did any of those stick out to you that you particularly struggle with or you feel like you do really well with? I think we talked about for me, like physical touch is the easiest boundary for me to set because it makes me the most uncomfortable, the, the quickest. So what do you think is the easiest and the most difficult to set? Uh, I would say that last one. What was the category for that? The last one I said, I think was physical and there's mental. The one touch. where you said, I don't find that funny. Oh, the physical. I don't find comments like that funny. Yeah. Oh, that's a physical boundary. That's an example of it because that one is specifically regarding um, uh, like unwanted comments regarding appearance or sexuality or things like that. But a physical boundary obviously would obviously look like the handshake example that we talked about. Okay. I I think that's more about physical appearance. I struggle with that in the work setting Mm. um, in regards to people making jokes that they think are funny and you just don't have the ability you feel like you don't have the ability to speak up without being especially as a female being seen as oh I'm just kidding stop being so sensitive you know with if you say that kind of response and it's like oh you know I was just joking but if you're just joking why why do you need to say it at all and it's usually about someone's appearance or someone's culture or etc and I just doesn't doesn't need to happen I've done it a couple of times and it changes the whole mood of a situation. And then you're like, well, dang. <laughs> I mean, I think it's important to say that. I mean, me and JP even say that in our friendship because sometimes I know my humor can take it a tip too far. And JP's mm. like, Shelby. And I'm like, sorry. Because <laughs> I use humor to cover up all my awkwardness. But um, yeah, no, but I think it is really important to like say something when it does make you uncomfortable because that's the, you know, the whole point. My biggest one I think that I struggled with was emotional boundaries because I just let everyone pour into me or I do the opposite and have a hard time when I feel a certain way, having to talk it out and getting out and emotionally dumping on others. So it's something I'm also trying to work on as well. But that one I think was the hardest for me or you continues to be the hardest. It's hard for you to allow yourself to emotionally dump or to, you feel like you do emotionally dump. I do emotionally dump. Like as soon as I get oh. anxious, I like want to like call my friends and say like, what do you think about this? And tell them the whole uh, situation. Gotcha. You've been on the other end of that stick plenty of times, <laughs> but um, that's something I'm trying to work on. But it's also the hardest boundary for me to set with other people because I want to empathize with someone so much. If they're hurting or want to talk about things at, at length and continue to do it the way that I know I would do with someone else, I sit there and I listen to it and I never really have like, a, okay, I feel like we like, this has been like, I'm overwhelmed now. Like this has been too much emotional dumping. I have it on both ways is the most difficult, most difficult boundary for me to set and to implement for others. I think it's also kind of like that front door example though. You and I have the relationship where I can say, I can't handle this right now. Or I, unfortunately I can't give you the time and space, but I can at this hour. You, that's something huge that you taught me is like, or asking someone, you told me right. this too, of saying like, hey, do you have the mental energy for me to talk to you about this right now? I really just need like a sounding board. Right. Do you want to talk about how how else you implement boundaries in your life? Yeah. So, you know, ways that I've tried to start setting boundaries, especially when it comes to, you know, the time and energy and the emotional boundaries and even the mental. I think the mental I usually hype myself up for my own opinion. A lot of self-talk comes into my boundaries because I get nervous to set them, but it's checking in with myself regularly. Like, Hey, do you really want to do this? Like, for example, my roommate and I were talking about doing something 
yesterday and I was like, I'm, I'm open to doing something, but I don't think I have the mental capacity to plan something. So if you want to plan it, let's go do it. I have no problem, but I don't really feel like I have the mental capacity to plan it right now. Go Shelby. I don't think I've ever heard you say something like that. That's awesome. I know I'm practicing. I'm practicing, but Good for you, I think it's checking it. Like the way that I try to do is to check in myself, how I actually feel, because a lot of times I'll worry about how everybody else is feeling before myself. So right. that's how I've started to implement mine. Like I said, the physical one's never really been super hard for me because I feel it immediately if it's been crossed and I like stiffen. I'm like, huh. <laughs> but the other ones always feel more fluid and not necessarily in a good or bad way. They just always have felt more fluid. So making those boundaries have always been a lot more difficult. I do a lot of self-talk in my car. <laughs> <laughs> one thing that was, uh, I heard in every single one of the examples you gave mm-hmm. was that it, well, the emotion that it evoked in me with the examples was, wow, that takes a lot of confidence. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing. So if you go back up to that sentence that I repeated multiple times in our intro is people with healthy boundaries tend to have high awareness of their needs. They also value their identity and don't compromise themselves for other people. So with every example that you gave in response to someone's boundaries being tested, the individual saying that has to be confident in exactly who they are and what they need. And that's a challenge in itself. Like, so how do we get to that point to say, okay, I do know who I am. I know what I need because we're talking about setting boundaries, right? But then how, before you can even set the boundaries, you have to know who you are and have confidence in who you are. I think this is another, like me and my therapist conversation. Cause I always had like more issues with self-confidence, especially when setting boundaries And she gave me the advice of like, especially when it comes to boundaries, if you feel uncomfortable about setting them, fake it till you make it. She's like, the more you practice, the more um, confident you'll get in setting them. And she said, start with things that are small. Um, So even she's like, even if it's something as little as, no, I prefer a paper bag over plastic at the grocery store. She's like, start small and grow from there. And she's said, you know, when you make that decision, like make it and feel confident in it. She's like, it's always okay to change your mind or shift that boundary if it changes within yourself. But she's like, that confidence will come from setting boundaries and having space for yourself, the confidence will come and you don't necessarily have to have this full cup of confidence to set a boundary mm-hmm. and be fully confident. She's like, it'll come in at, together. They'll grow together because boundaries help you grow in confidence. And in that turn, it'll grow your ability to set boundaries. Yeah. There's also the reminder too, which is why boundaries are hard to set is sometimes the other person won't respect them. Mm. And so you have to be willing to understand you've put that boundary in place and that person doesn't respect them and challenge them. Okay. You need to take a step back from them even, even further. Um, there it's not about boundaries, but there is a shoot. I can't remember the book we read this from, but it was, uh, putting yourself in situations where, you know, you're not going to get what you want essentially. So you get uncomfortable with failure. One of the examples they gave is like walking to a coffee shop and ask for a free coffee. More than likely they're going to tell you, no, you know, they're going to tell you no, but at least you've, you've put yourself in that situation to challenge it. Say, okay, at least I asked, at least I like put myself in that uncomfortable position. I always say the worst thing anybody can say is no. We were yeah. just doing this with our landlord. They're increasing our rent, you know, like everywhere in the country, a stupid amount. And I was going back and forth debating whether I, whether or not I should email them and ask for it to be lower. And I was like, the worst thing they can say is no. And then what? I'm in the same situation, right. but now I've been emailing back and forth and trying to figure out you know, if there's any compromise to it. So you never know what is going to happen. I like that example. Um, I think that getting uncomfortable or getting comfortable with being uncomfortable is obviously difficult as a, as a whole, but you make a good point in recognizing it in other people. Cause I know I also struggle with that. Even sometimes 
we talk about this, that boundaries don't always look like this, like huge stop sign and someone saying, hey, this is my boundary, please respect it. So it's learning to also recognize in other people. I know even JP, you're very good about saying like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm setting up a boundary right now. Can't talk about this now, maybe later. And even as a friend, it always takes that initial like, oh, wait, but like, why can't you make time for me right now? And then mm. it takes a second. And I'll be like, oh, wait, because she doesn't have the mental space. She loves and respects me enough to only give me her all when I ask for. It. And if she can't give it to me, she's like, I can't let me do this and this. I can always come back and loop back around to it. Yes. So it like seems so are, important to me that I want to give you. All yes. And I think that that's what people don't recognize is loving and caring about someone, especially when it comes to like family or really close friends. People think that love and respect comes from a lack of boundaries because you respect them. But in theory, you're not giving someone your best self if you're not treating yourself as best as you can. Right. And I know, like I said, especially people I really care about, I have an issue recognizing boundaries in other people unless they say, hey, this is a boundary. Um, I gave the example to JP before we started here. I love this, but my eldest nephew, he's six and likes hugs, but doesn't like any kisses. So we were getting ready to leave, you know, a few months ago when I saw them last, I was like, come on, buddy, like, give me a hug and a kiss before you leave. And he was like, at six, it's like, you can give me a hug. Please don't give me a kiss. That's my boundary. And I was like, okay, <laughs> okay. I was like, so incredibly impressed. But, um, you know, that's coming from obviously a child's perspective. And it's just so clear and so direct, like, hey, I don't like this, but this is what's okay with me. And I think it can be that base and, you know, direct, but unfortunately, as we get older, I think we just get more complicated and it's not always as easy as just saying like, Hey, I don't like this, but I do like this. My roommate and I were talking the other day um, and we were talking about talking about something. And I realized that I was pushing her past a boundary, but she wasn't directly saying it back to me. And I didn't recognize until after the fact, I was like, Oh, she was really trying to put up a boundary about what she wanted to talk about right then. And I couldn't recognize it. So I think it's important to also try to learn the people in your life and how they are putting up boundaries so you can respect them again, because you love and care about them. Yes. That's all it is. <laughs> and one of the points that I made for how I implement boundaries in my life is the one, the only Enneagram. <laughs> I cannot emphasize enough, like how much it benefited me to recognize if I under, if I was able to understand everyone's type or excuse me, all of the types it allowed me the space to recognize when someone was putting up a boundary without them vocalizing it. So obviously now I've been able to understand you from that type nine perspective and it allows me that moment to say, okay, how Shelby's behaving is not about me. It's about her right now. And mm -hmm. I can't take offense to that because it's, she's going through something. And I think that's an example you're giving with Sarah, your roommate, Sarah, to say, Hey, she was putting up that, that boundary. You weren't able to necessarily respect it because you were focused on how it was making you feel mm -hmm. without, without saying, okay, what, what is she doing in this moment? That's best for her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's also important to understand that while we talk about boundaries, making you uncomfortable, there's certain, when we talk back to like that rigidity and the laxity of a boundary. Um, I think it's really important to think, you know, for a long time, I would have considered, you know, me avoiding conflict. Be like, no, 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 I, that's just a boundary. I don't want to fight about something. But we had this conversation when you were here that just because I don't like conflict doesn't mean I, I avoid it and can call it a boundary. Like there's other things in your life that I think it's important to recognize boundaries make you uncomfortable. Yes. And it's okay. But to recognize like when something's a true boundary or if you're just avoiding it because mm -hmm. you don't want to do it. Mm. what's it like give me an example like I think my example would be m me having conflict with other people 
like JP and I, you know, if you and I were having, you know, a conversation like we've had, you know, before we were not necessarily in a disagreement, but a more challenging conversation. Mm -hmm. I want to jump out of my skin every time it starts. I want to like jump out, run away, don't talk about it. But I like put myself to be there because I know it's important for a relationship. But for a long time, I would have said like, I'm not really a big fighter. That's not something I'm comfortable, you know, like worded it in the sense of a boundary, Mm. even though it really wasn't. It was just something that truly I don't like to do and wanted to get better at. Did that make sense? Yeah. Which is. Like recognize the difference between a boundary and. Avoidance. Something you just don't. Yeah. Avoidance. Yeah. Hmm. And that's where it takes true self-reflection to say, okay, I'm behaving like this in this moment. Why am I behaving like this? Mm Mm-hmm. And always asking yourself that why. Yeah. And I think that I thought about the, another example. Like, for example, I think before I would have said, you know, we need to pause this conversation right now that we're having in this conflict. I just need some time for myself to process it. And I'd be like, oh, that's that's because I'm setting a boundary. But in reality, I look back and I was like, there is a time and a place to do that. But I was doing it when I just was uncomfortable with what was happening. Not did because I. Did you ever come back to those, that same conversation? And yeah, I definitely. Sometimes, sometimes I would just say like, you know, I, I can't do it. This is, you know, a couple of years ago, but mm. it was something that would always be in the back of my mind, you know? Hmm. And I, I think that's interesting in the opposite sense for me is I had to force myself to allow space to process emotions. Mm-hmm. I was going with like my gut always and thought my gut was always right. And I was very confrontational. But I was more successful in the moments where I allowed myself to say, hey, you know what? I can't, I cannot process this right now with you. Otherwise, it's going to be unhealthy. Please let me mm-hmm. have the time to think about it. And then I can come back to the situation. And I think that that's, it's so interesting to see how different we are in both of those. Yeah. Both, like our boundaries <laughs> are different, but they're still boundaries nonetheless. And something, again, that should be respected. Yeah. And it's so interesting when I hear, I've heard people say, you should have just talked to me about it. But like, this is people mm-hmm. that don't know me very well. And, or it's like, why didn't you just have this conversation with me in the moment? And it's like, in the moment, we wouldn't have been productive in the mm. moment. Like, yeah, you tell me, oh, I can handle confrontation. I can handle this. And I was like, that doesn't mean I want to push myself to the limit of being upset and angry. Mm-hmm. I want to like, yes, it's important to have like, anger and strong emotions, but at the end of the day, I can still vocalize if I allow myself the space to process my emo- emotions, then I'm not essentially putting those emotions on someone else. I can say I am angry because blah, blah, blah versus you're, da, 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 you're this kind of person. You made me feel like this. That's what it's going to jump to if I if I process it immediately. Mm-hmm. And that's I think that's also about putting boundaries with yourself and what you know you can and can't do and what, what you need in order to project the best version of you too. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, for me, my anxiety tells me, no, I need to process this right now and figure it out right now. But I know that's not necessarily going to be the best version of me because likely it's something that I am not doing or something that's a me thing when I want to process it right away and be like, but it's a you thing. (laughs) And I, I want to combine two of the things that you just said. So earlier, your therapist kind of gave you the advice, bake it till you make it. And I kind of cringe when I hear that (laughs) because it's not like, I just hate that advice, fake it till you make it. Mm-hmm. But I think you combine it with what you just said of, of allowing yourself to project the be- best version of yourself. So mm-hmm. fake it till you make it is more of like, 
figure, ah, I can't, like, I want to, I want those things to be synonymous. Like you're not faking mm-hmm. who you are. You're just projecting the best version of who you are. And that's kind of, I mean, that's the way that she kind of worded it. Not necessarily like, oh, fake, like you have confidence. It's like, go into a decision, go into a boundary. Even if you feel uncomfortable and you're like, maybe I shouldn't do this, go into it being like, no, I know I can do this. I know this is how I feel. I know this is what I want. So it's not necessarily faking it, but it's kind of like the quote unquote faking part of it is basically the way she described it is like taking, like building a bridge between like, I'm uncomfortable and not confident to like, I'm super confident and comfortable. And she's like, use it as just like a little bridge. She's like, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Like, just bridge it over. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not full on faking it, but you know, to use the yeah. common common. But uh, I think it's also really important now that we like have had this whole conversation too, is to set boundaries early because it makes it not easier necessarily, but it's really hard to retroactively set a boundary. You can do it. And I think you should, if you know, your boundaries are allowed to change and shift throughout your life, throughout a relationship, but setting them early to like have the expectation, like me and my bedtime for the most part, I'm like, okay. I got to be in bed around like 930 because I know I have to get up early telling somebody from the get go like, hey, we can hang out, but I need to be in bed like 930. Yeah. My roommate hates when I do that, but I always tell her, I was like, would you rather me get to 930, get right up from the couch that we're watching a movie in the middle of the movie? Like, Sorry, it's my bedtime. Got to go. Right. Communicating up front. Communication is key. (laughs) (laughs) So can you give some tips on how others can implement these boundaries if they're trying to do this for the first time? Yeah. I only have a a small list, but I know you have a list as well. So I'll just go through my briefly and let you go through yours too. But again, we've talked about it a little bit throughout this episode, but setting and maintaining boundaries. So start small. If that's something that works for you, if you're nervous about doing them, like I said, make a little decision at the grocery store. Hey, I would like paper over plastic or vice versa, or Hey, at a coffee shop. Hey, I actually would not like regular milk. I'd like oat milk. Thanks. You know, whatever kind of switch you want to make, set them early. Um, and be consistent with them. You know, don't say, well, in this scenario, I feel weird about setting this boundary, even though it's one I said all the time. Don't forget to be consistent. And again, don't forget to recognize boundaries in others because I think it does, you know, you try to respect theirs. And I do think it will come back to you at some point too, as long as you're setting your own. JP, what kind of advice do you have or tips you have for setting and maintaining boundaries? Um, other than what I've elaborated on in this episode, I've got another list of 10 from that same website, www.choosingtherapy.com. And they gave an excellent 10 steps list on how to implement successful boundaries. So I'm just going to run through those. We've got number one, list your most important priorities. So this is just understanding throughout your day. Okay. What is important? What do I need to accomplish? It can be as simple as that, or it can be like within the hour because like Shelby said, go, if you're going to go watch a movie with someone, make sure they know what your bedtime is because it's a priority that that happens. So once you know your priorities, then it makes it easier to set those boundaries. Number two, pay attention to your intuition. So understanding what you're feeling inside and listening to that gut. If you're like really anxious in a moment, maybe you're anxious for a reason and you need to listen and try to unpack that. Number three, assume responsibility for your needs. We've talked about this, but it's understanding that you are responsible for your feelings and your emotions, and you have to be able to verbalize those. And that same goes for the other people in the room as well. You are not responsible for their emotions, and they're not responsible for yours. Number four, practice saying no. This goes along with the example Shelby started off with saying like, um, no, I don't want a plastic bag. I want a paper bag. It can be as simple as that. Or it can, it can be, no, thank you. I don't have the energy to hang out tonight. But even you don't even have to give an example. You need to be comfortable with saying no, and that's your boundary. Number five, using I statements. 
This is, again, goes along with number three, assume responsibility for your own needs. So if you can say, I feel uncomfortable because, or in this situation, I was angry because um, you are taking responsibility for your needs and not blaming other people. Number six, avoid excessive apologizing. This is one that I've been putting into practice a lot over the last two years because why am I, I will say, sorry, I was late. Or rather than saying, sorry, you're late to say someone, thank you for your patience. Uh, personal life setting is sorry. I can't make it tonight. I'm really tired. You say, unfortunately, I've had a long day and I need time to recharge my tank. I will catch y'all next time. You don't need to say, sorry. You are just taking ownership for what you need. Number seven, be consistent with implementing your boundaries. And this is, so everything that we just talked about, continuously doing that. Consistency is my word of the year. So I, I just love this one. And just in general, continue practicing what those boundaries are. And that, that consistency is what gives you confidence to put boundaries in place over and over. Number eight, we talked about this a lot, expect the discomfort. So there is going to be an uncomfortable feeling when you first start setting boundaries if you've never done them before. And then number nine, continuously remind yourself of the benefits of setting boundaries. And if you need help, it's never a problem to seek professional support. So that's my list of 10 ways to implement successful boundaries. Well, JP, thanks for sharing that. I've enjoyed you know, doing this episode and I hope people get something out of it. Um, I think they will. So feel free to let us know um, what you liked about this episode. But JP, do you want to wrap today's episode real quick with your word of the week? All right. Andale. All right. Your word of the week is sus. Sus. I use this one a lot. Mm, a little sus. Suspect. A little Suspicious. suspect. <laughs> I like that one. Wow. That was so easy. That was like our quickest word of the week. <laughs> but um, thanks again for listening and we'll wrap today's episode up and we'll see you guys next time. Bye y'all. Bye y'all. Hey, M&Ms. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, don't forget to follow or subscribe. If you are feeling super generous, you can even rate and leave a review. Remember, the more we hear from our listeners, the more we can customize our content to your liking. We're also on Facebook and Instagram, so make sure to check us out. A new episode is released every Monday, so set those reminders and we'll see you next week.